Hello and welcome to Failed Architecture Breeze Blogs, a podcast in which our editors share their thoughts on works in progress, urgent matters and current happenings in architecture and spatial politics. My name is Charlie Clemos, an editor on Failed Architecture's Amsterdam team, and for this episode we're talking about the first and second edition of Failed Architecture Situations, an event series which aims to take critical reflections on architecture and space from the digital realm to the real world. The following conversation, hosted by my fellow editor René Boer, took place shortly after the second situation, swarming the red light district with sound. At a moment when we were all pretty excited, and also somewhat exhausted, after swarming around to Valen for an hour. You can get more information about the event, swarming, and the forthcoming fourth situation, reclaiming the red light district, on our website, or in the links provided in the show notes. Anyway, without further ado, here's the conversation. Hello everybody. My name is René, I'm also part of Field Architecture. We're here um, at the Field Architecture Breeze Block uh, studio and I'm here with uh, a nice bunch of people and we did something amazing tonight. Field Architecture situation number two, swarming the red light district uh, with a lot of people in the rain on this day in Amsterdam. But uh, yeah, so what did we actually do? What is uh, what is swarming? And um, yeah, what, what does it mean? What does what does it do? And to, uh, uh, yeah, to learn more about that, I'm gonna ask uh, Arthur and Floor were sitting here next to me. Arthur is also part of a collective called Tools for Action, and we have uh, been setting up this situation uh, together. But maybe first, uh, Fleur, would you like to say something about swarming and uh, what it means? Yeah, well, today we try to move as a group through the red light district and at five meters distance. And we try to test, yeah, if it was possible to uh, be present as a group and listen to each other and yeah, d- um, go through the space or something. Yeah, would you like to add something, Artie? Yeah. It was a dream coming true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep saying that. Been, I, I really want to know uh, more. We've been imagining uh, this to happen already since half a year. And we have done a, one little test with seven people in Vienna, but this was the first time now in Amsterdam together with you, René, and Charlie from Field Architecture Floor, and then Juli suddenly popped up two weeks ago, giving me a text that she's coming to Rotterdam from Bogota and is here for three months. And we know each other from working together in Bogota for the Yomacho Trans March. And yeah, this is just a very special moment to start. So maybe you can say something about what you did at this march. You made something really beautiful, right? Maybe Juli, would you like to say something about that? Hello, I am Juli Salamanca. I am from Bogota, Colombia. And I work in an organization that their name is Red Comunitaria Trans. And we work with um, sex work, trans sex worker, homeless uh, trans persons, user of drugs. And the I think that La, three years we make uh, like and a big movement in Colombia because we think that the LGBT march in Colombia don't represent trans rights and we want to separate yes and we want to have like an autonomy space that we can talk about our necessities in Colombia of trans people, of sex workers. And we know with Arthur and we create like a big movement and we create um, 
to a sculpture like trans inflables that inflatables right inflatable. yeah what is inflatables inflatables yeah. yes um, and it's a participatory process that sex workers homeless people make these inflatables inflatables and it's incredible because uh, in this moment in Colombia we we have like uh, many mobilization in this moment. Mm -hmm. And when the people said these inflables, they said, hey, here are the Red Comunitaria Trans, and they come to this mobilization to talk about trans rights in Colombia because the, uh, the situation of trans people in Colombia, it's so difficult in this moment. To be a, a trans person in Colombia, it's so dangerous. The last year we have 32 trans people murdered because they are trans and this year we have 10 uh, trans women that they are killed because they are trans the situation is so difficult yeah thank you for sharing that uh, that story and really amazing how you've been using these marchers and also with these large uh, uh, inflatables <laughs> to uh, yeah to to uh, yeah to uh, make sure that people know about your cause and amazing you've been working with Arthur and we also hope to uh, yeah to work with Arthur also in the situations we've been organizing in the red light district to maybe also at some point use these inflatables here in the streets uh, also maybe to yeah I mean maybe the situation is obviously not as grave as what you're mentioning now but uh, I think there's also something happening here in the red light district where, for example, uh, there's a lot of pressure on the sex workers to uh, who have been working here for decades. Like over the last few years, they've been uh, telling them like, hey, uh, you might uh, have to, to pack your stuff and leave. We're going to create something for you outside the city and you might be working there and we're going to, uh, yeah, you might lose your livelihood here. So uh, I think what we've been doing here is also a little bit of a response to that. Yes, and I think that in Colombia, we live the same situation, like a similar situation with sex worker, because like the mayor and the government, they don't want to see sex worker, yes? They want to put in a place that anybody see, yes? Like outside the city, uh, they, they say it in, in a species that, yes, we respect uh, sex worker rights, but in the real, they want to put outside the city. Yes, it's like a moral speech. And this, I think that they want to erase sex worker to the space. Yes, it's like you are a sex worker and you don't have the right of the city. You have to be in a specific place, but we don't want that anyone see you. Yes, and the consequence of this speech is like sex worker can be dangerous, yes? It's like they are not going to have the control of the space. They are going to be outside the city, yes? But it's not like she's going to go out the city. It's like in Colombia, we have like, they want to move, yes? All, all this year, they want to move to push out the sex workers, yes? In Colombia, it's legal and here it's legal. But it's like they are so prejudiced, yes, prejudices, prejudices, and a stigma, because they said yes, we respect, but real they don't want that sex workers 
that Amsterdam, that the people come to Amsterdam to the red line. Yeah, of course. That's exactly the point they try to make here, right? They they don't want the tourists to come to the red light district. What they're saying is they want to have quality tourists. So basically rich tourists and not the tourists who come for the sex workers. Very complicated uh, situation yeah. and yeah, very bad situation also for the sex workers who also can't work right now because of, uh, of COVID. The, the windows have to be closed. Um, I would also like maybe to involve uh, Charlie, uh, who is sitting next to me, also part of uh, Field Architecture. Uh, Charlie, we've also been working on these situations together. Can you maybe say something about the ideas behind situations and uh, where we, how we got here? Sure, yeah. Um, so I think Field Architecture started, although I wasn't part of Field Architecture at that point, uh, as a uh, series of events, right? As a blog and a series of events. And slowly but surely, we became more kind of text-based. We started a podcast. And I think the situations was just an attempt to be outside a little bit more, have uh, people gathered together, but also to sort of challenge this quite boring uh, event structure where, you know, you have a speaker and you have like a group of people and they listen and they stroke their chins and they think, hmm, okay, I've learned something and they go away and nothing changes. Instead, with situations, I think we wanted to have people present in space and being not so much passive observers or passive consumers of information, but as active participants in the process of engaging with the problem or the issue of the city, I suppose, and architecture in general. This is cooked up prior to the coronavirus pandemic. And... So we put it on the back burner for quite some time and it's been a real pleasure to engage with Tools for Action and Floor to get ourselves kind of back into gear, right? Like, and I, I really felt that this evening, um, you know, being outside finally for the first time in ages. I was saying just before, like, I forgot, I, I thought I might have forgotten that how to dance, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, we haven't really talked about what happened this evening. So maybe, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. not, not to trivialize the very important things we have spoken about, but like, I think that there was a lightness to what we did today yeah. that was, uh, that contained the potential for something really, really um, promising, right? Flora, would you like to? No, just like, did anyone mention that we danced through the streets? <laughs> I don't think so, right? No. Mm. But anyway, maybe maybe one of you wants to talk about what we actually did today. Um, you right. wanted to make an introduction? Yeah, yeah, please, sure. Yeah, yeah let's leave yeah. to the host, right? No, yeah, so, no, so, yeah, please say your name and uh, uh, like the or also the organization you represent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm Patrick, I'm part of the group here around the table, and uh, I'm from Papaya Queer, a feminist collective for and by trans, refugees, immigrants, and artists who also support uh, sex workers. And uh, yeah, we are based here in the Netherlands and we are so happy to have Julio from Bogota and we are going to do an event together in June. So uh, yeah, uh, check us out on the social medias. And what I find so nice and beautiful is that Papaya Queer is quite young. Uh, we actually only became like really active since last year in November. And now there's so many organizations, so many beautiful people who support us and thinks this is important work, what we do, and we start to get more and more connected. Like tonight, I <laughs> got to know new people and we were Alejandra and me, 
dancing on the streets with Holi and the rest of the group. And what we did was basically uh, meet around Outerkerk, which is in Amsterdam. And we got, each of us got a speaker in our hands. And we first of all had an introduction and we were told to keep distance, of course. And then Holi was the DJ for the night and we were dancing around the streets with beautiful reggaeton and music from around the world. And what was beautiful is that, first of all, we haven't been a group together. Many of us has, oh, have only been dancing at home, maybe. And we were dancing on the streets, making some atmosphere, some life in the city, which is very dead and silent right now. And it was beautiful to see even people around, people who came by or people from their houses outside their windows were enjoying, waving, filming. And what was also interesting is that after some time, people were like loosening up and it was very different from being on a like a square till we went to the smallest streets of Amsterdam, uh, where the sound is obviously different and you feel kind of some more and more uh, community, like we feel more and more together. And it was, I think, for all of us, a very different movement after a long time. So thank you for this evening. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Great. And what I also really loved about uh, the music that we were uh, that was being played by by Holly tonight, like um, before Corona, there was obviously all the the sex workers were were still working, and also a lot of people uh, from Latin America, and they would play a lot of uh, uh, reggaeton and cumbia all day and all night. And if they would open the window to let a client come in, you would hear the music spilling into the streets. Mm-hmm. And it was really amazing that uh, some of these sounds were brought back into. To the red light district uh, tonight that was really cool yeah what do you think about the silence in the streets and the relation with this activity i don't know if you've seen because it's because it's it's so strange the silence in COVID, in pandemia in all the country yes uh, in colombia in any moment in the center of the city that um People can work in sex worker any in a moment, it's silence. But in this moment, the only uh, sound that they that they have is like the police. What do you think about the silence of the streets here in Amsterdam in the red line and and the sounds today that is like music? We don't have quarantine today. What do you think about? Well, I loved hearing the Bote <laughs> uh, from um, the, the famous reggaeton song. I kind of remember it a bit. Um, one time I protested at uh, Gezi Park in uh, Istanbul. Uh, we went from the Gezi Park to the radio station. And then the, the, the protest went to the radio station and people went out of the windows and also yeah, beating on the pants. And I, there were also some people coming out of the windows. So I felt like, yeah, something like this could happen here as well. Yeah. So it was like, um, can create, yeah. We had a few people actually like uh, clapping along from the windows, right? Yeah. 
But it's interesting that what you what you say about uh, the silence because I think uh, normally this is enabled with a lot of noise and uh, I think this silence is also really being politicized here. Uh, so there's a lot of people saying like, ah, oh, this should be a silent neighborhood and this is a residential neighborhood and we don't want noise, we don't want sex work, we don't want parties, we want to get the, the cheap tourists out. And so silence is being brought as something that is really fantastic. It should be silent. And uh, yeah, maybe there's different opinions about that, right? There was a moment where the someone called out of their window to tell us to yeah, shut yeah, up yeah, right yeah. Um, I, mean, I wasn't i was a little bit far ahead but like we you, um like what was that about yeah uh, what i heard was the last words being yeah uh, stop the music something my baby oh, and yeah. i was thinking okay you're living in the middle of the center of the on center on the first floor also. on the first floor um you should not live here if you don't want some some vibe in the city. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Uh, yeah, this is it's a little bit of a cliche to say like this isn't a place for children. But um, no, in this instance, it's <laughs> maybe like, she's having a hard time in COVID yeah, and not used yeah, to yeah. it because but it's so silent. I thought. I mean, I I thought that was kind of perfect. Mostly people were kind of looking outside of their window and f sort of curious. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of people were really hungry to sort of. For, for like what was going on you know really want to we're eating it up you know like what what was uh happening was strange and it's strange that that's strange right because it's the center of the city yeah. and it's the the devalent like everybody knows that this is a really really busy place so like it's kind of yeah it's very odd that Please. You could describe it like an echo of what was before, yeah. and then yeah, some, some hallucinatory echo that just passes by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to answer your question about how is it that it's so silent, it, I haven't, I don't know. Maybe it's controversial. I have like uh, two sides that it has been beautiful to see Amsterdam and have a kind of seeing the city again, having walking through, be able to see it, because you can actually walk on the on the street and not have to bump into people. Uh, on the evening you could not even walk <laughs> before uh, and of course then I miss Amsterdam I miss the vibe I miss the city I miss, miss to, to see people and, and different parties underground things going on but I think it's kind of cool to have a change and then, then to see where it goes so it's like these these two feelings yes it like when I don't know why when I when I think about silence in pandemia I associate with social social cleanliness yes it's like yes the people want that the person be quiet yes the people want that the sex workers are quiet the people want that the neighborhood don't have sex workers don't have a homeless people they want to clean yes and i as you said associate uh, like um, like silence with clean the neighborhoods, cleans uh, of the identities that they don't want, yes? And I think that the governments around the world want to society be quiet, yes? To have silence. And I think that it's so problematic for me, the silence, because it's dangerous, the silence, yes? And it's so difficult because the identities that they want to erase are like, sex workers, um, trans people, people of color, uh, they want, they want, and they like that we are quiet. And yes, I want to finish with this.
I think this is a beautiful ending. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, for joining this conversation. Really wonderful. <laughs>